Maxi Soxy. Good afternoon, Tam Tam. I like your stripes. It looks like you went to oh. jail last night. Did you go to jail? I mean, maybe I did. Did you drop oh, the soap, Roxy? <laughs> Who doesn't drop the soap in jail? I mean, oh, doesn't I that so would. Fun? Would you drop I the mean, soap? You- Oh my God, Tamman, you would drop the soap like every- I would go to jail just so I could drop the soap. soap. (laughs) I'd be like, Tamman, stop dropping the fucking soap. We'd be like, Tamman, stop doing these like ridiculous things like going to steal a a chop a chop a lollipop so you can go to jail so you can drop the soap. (laughs) I mean, you got to do what you got to do, right? you do. You do. Um, You would not. I I might drop the soap. (laughs) Would Brad Pitt be in the same jail? No, you're in with women, Roxy. When is it like- both sexes now Poetical. like were you just like this random jail that you just made up <laughs> yeah. in your head that just doesn't you know exist? hopefully it's like <laughs> not too far off you know yeah. it's like brad pitt's here brad pitt's not gonna be in the same jail cells as you okay he doesn't I mean, need to steal a jump a jump one can only hope <laughs> yeah. so tamman i do have to yeah. say we're coordinating today great minds think alike we are you, oh yeah, that is look. right i'm wearing this i bought this from zara i have a question do okay. you ever do this? Do you ever no. buy like 30 things from like a Zara on H&M? I'm not like a big mm-hmm. expensive place. Then try them on at home because you don't want to try them on at the place and then take everything back. Or do you like try everything on at the place and then decide what you want or what you don't want? I kind of like bulk buy and then take okay. it back after and I've worn it three back. days. Just kidding. <laughs> after I've worn it to an event, to a baby oh, shower, to a photo yeah. shoot. And then I take it back because I'm like, you know what? It doesn't, I don't need it. Um, no, I don't do that. <laughs> Don't cut the tags off. <laughs> Don't cut the tags off. You're like, why are your children have tags on all their clothes? <laughs> Wait, have you ever done that? I feel like I have been guilty of that. Like, Warren, something I don't, maybe- you know, I haven't really done that. Mm, I don't know. But because of my business, I know yeah. that like they literally go and they buy all this stuff. And then what they do is they like, they take half of it back, um, you yeah. know, because they don't wear it on set, like, or you wear it on set for a day or whatever, but it's because it's like the budgets are so small sometimes that they like, you know, that's kind of stealing. Isn't that stealing? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little, little steal, a little yeah. steal, just a little, a little main steal. mini steal. Okay, yeah, gotcha. a little, 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 little something, something, it's but okay. you know, mm-hmm, yeah. But you've done that. So you have stolen. <laughs> I have stolen technically. Yeah. Um, aside from that pack of bubble gum that I stole when I was six. Yeah. That would definitely, cons- yeah, it's yeah. Cons- considered stealing. Yeah. Yeah. I no, did. I don't think I you're a stealer. You wore it I mean, one time. <laughs> I mean, I stole your heart, didn't I? You stole my heart. <laughs> you did. You stole more than just my heart, Roxy. <laughs> Okay, what so the talking fuck is about wrong with us? I don't know. But you know what? This is a great introduction. This was yes. one of the my favorite most introductions that we've ever had. But you know why? Because we just had a podcast before this. And so we're warmed up. We're liquored up. So um we are ready to speak to actually two of like these so we're kind of we are in the same business and mm-hmm. when I was on TV, they were on TV and they're still doing TV and film. And like, so I feel like we've kind of lived sort of in the same world for so long. So it's like, I definitely have known of them and I used to watch them on TV and I used to actually audition for the show that they met each other on all the time. I like went in and I would test for it and I wouldn't get the fucking show. Um, So now I feel like because I didn't get the show, I'm going to bring the show to me and Mm. I'm going to have them on this show because I'm like, you know what? Manifest your dreams, Roxy. Yeah, might as well go after it. And I think you guys have lived this like parallel universe together, you know, of like shows that were like cult hits and like people really watch them. And it's like an interesting, I think it's really interesting because you guys were also in that same sort of like age group when Mm -hmm. fate really hit and like all these things that like, 
you guys were doing. And like, for me, it was interesting because I was like talking to all you guys on the red carpet, like during this time. So it's all sort of like, you made it happen. Do you believe in manifestation, Roxanne? Okay. Can I just say, (laughs) I thought it was a woo woo. I thought it was a woo woo. But it was really, it's really good. Like I told you, remember when I texted yeah. you earlier this week? I was like, shit's like, it's really starting to happen. Like I was like, not really a believer at first, but now I'm, I'm think I'm changing my tune. You know what? If it's not real, what's mm. the worst that could happen? So what's just pretend it. So just say it's real, and then things yeah. start to come to you. You start. The law of attraction is based in science. And yes. you put what you put out, you get back. I totally mm-hmm. believe that. And I, my entire life has changed within the last year. And so I believe if you, if you think it is, it becomes what it's supposed to be because you've like man- manifested it, right? You've made it happen. Yeah. You brought that law to you. So yeah. So I, I manifested these two girls. So who do we have? Who do we oh. have on today? Roxy Soxy. We have, oh my God. I feel like they're like our podcast spirit animals. Like we have mm. today the gals from the Unzip podcast, Annalyn McCord and Shanae Grimes B. Welcome ladies. <laughs> We're like oh, yeah. your fangirl peanut gallery. Just like <laughs> really enthusiastically nodding along. I always feel really bad with that introductions because people are like, like either super in it and they're like, yeah, we're here for the ride. <laughs> or they're kind of like gone to the bathroom yeah. and they're like, got a bowl of cereal they're like finding the gerbils. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think we, we're taking no, mental notes over here right today like that was so oh, well awesome. i just discovered i have a tag on the shirt oh my goodness <laughs> i'm telling you it's because you're it, you're wanting to take it back after you've worn it for the for, the, for this yes, exactly. wait wait let me look oh my gosh guys real. i have a tag too let me look oh my god i knew you i knew you had a tag i have a tag i have a tag <laughs> the brunettes have tags on right. their clothing. They oh are my God. They, are, they have our shit together over here. Exactly. Steelers, We're financially Steelers. saving for our future. <laughs> <laughs> We're manifesting the money that's going to cover the payment of it. We talk about manifestation on our podcast all the time because we're believers. Annalyn's like the science geek, so she can break down the law of attraction to you a million ways over. I will Dr. Joe Dispenza your ass any day. I I manifested the house that we're in in Tennessee, and I manifested my husband, which is like... So what did you say? So you said you manifested him. So like, Mm. what will you think? Are you like, I'm going to have this American, this this British guy, and he's going to have tattoos. I'm going to get physical evidence of my manifestation you tell them this right now i'll be right back yes it so basically in high school like i had you know a desktop computer at my mom's house and i would just like collect photos of things that i wanted so i had like a bunch of pictures of the olsen twins because they were like my style icons (laughs) and i had you know jewelry that from pamela love who i just thought was like the coolest jewelry designer ever and then i had a picture of this like hot tattooed guy with a British flag behind his shoulders oh, and a fedora on his head. So I was just like, he's hot. Like, I want mm-hmm. that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Cut to many years later, I'm 22 in New York City, whatever. And I meet my husband. We have this like whirlwind romance for six weeks. And then I was filming an indie movie with Emma Roberts and we were in the car mm. together. And I was like, I think I have a boyfriend since the last time we talked. And she was like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And he said he's a model, like, cause I had no pictures of us together on my phone or anything. So I Googled his name and on the first page of Google, 
was that fucking photo from my oh, high school from my desktop computer oh. when I was 17 years old. I was like, that is, and I didn't tell him for like a year. Like we were yeah, living yeah. together. Like, you were on my board. I think I'm a stalker. <laughs> like I, I really genuinely did not know. I did not make the connection. But I, yeah, once I knew I had him like in, you know, like I yeah. wasn't going to scare him away. I was like, by the way. Once you got pregnant, <laughs> you were just like, <laughs> like great. Now, now you're with me. I been actually married by the point I told him, yeah. Yeah. But you kind of met okay. each other pretty early on. Like you, I mean, you got married, I think it was engaged like pretty nine months way. after you met. We were engaged. We met one night and then he left town and it was just like, did that really happen? And then yeah. it did because it was a very drunk night. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and did I lose I my know. tampon? <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those he's ones. Also okay. the reason that we're friends. Like yes. I swear to God, he's the reason we're actually friends because that last year I was like, ew, she's like likable now. Like why yeah. the fuck do I like this dumb he really, he's, he's just the best guy ever and he brought the best yeah. out of me. And we, we talked for about a month. He came back to town for a weekend and over that weekend like drunk Drunkenly, the second night we were together, we were talking about how funny it would be to go to Vegas yeah. and get married in dumb and dumber suits and whatever. <laughs> and then, like the next morning, woke up. And dumb we and dumber like, suits. You you had me until I mean, dumb and dumber. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, I was like, this is so beautiful. This is so romantic. No, yes, no. I believe in love at first sight. And then dumb and dumber came in, and I was like, well, there was nothing yeah. romantic about it. But oh. you know, we woke up the next morning being like, that's awkward. Like we were talking about getting married last night. <laughs> right like that's funny and then you know we were kind of like what if we did and yeah. that was sort of it we kind of got engaged like a week after we started hanging out properly and that was <laughs> I it that. We, we waited a year to get married I mean, that's like it, but that's like a good, I mean, you were pretty young when you got married. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I like, 23, yeah. yeah. So you must have just known. I mean, at that point you must have just known that this is, I God. knew, which was right. more important. Knew. Okay. I, knew I knew that he knew was for the sure. man for her. Yeah. He was, first of all, he was the only attractive one she's ever dated. Don't tell us what you really think. Oh my God. Hey, like, have you been living on, you know, the corner? Uh, near my house for the last four years let's say um and then josh walks in and he's like freaking like model like tattooed like rock star singer vibe okay yeah he, i was like i was like today this one this one yeah this pick one, him one. i don't care if he's good he's cute <laughs> <laughs> I knew husband. I knew right away but it's like, funny because I never wanted that like I was not the little girl that like dreamt of her wedding and all yeah. of that shit I was not that person I thought like maybe if I had kids one day it would 100% be with a gay man you know gay man. live together yeah like so much dumb and dumber gay, gay man babies yes gay best friends <laughs> love house. it we do our own things and we'd have some cute kids and whatever you know like I, I did not. No, but, but like a gay the man. Most nuclear family yeah. on the planet, you know. But like a gay man, Josh does not take Sinead's shit. That no. is why oh. he's perfect. And he, yeah. he literally, like, he brought so much of her life back into her life. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it was like, they, he, he's so, he just takes the piss out of everything. Everything she would do. Like, she would get all serious. And he's like, look at how serious you are. It's so cute. Uh -huh. Anyway, um, and it was just like, <laughs> It was it was just Crack joy. The there was just cracking through yeah. the armor, and we saw it. Like I mean, I yeah. saw it on set. He would come to set, and we all loved him. He was so mm -hmm. fun. He he doesn't know he's as hot as he is. I swear, because he's just like he's just so real, and yeah. he's 
he's a and he loves the ever loving shit out of Shanae. Like he just thinks that the sun rises and sets on her. And and it was what she needed. Like love heals, love changes you. And yeah. Shanae just mm. just blossomed. And it was it was so. I mean, to then like at the we're you know we're five years in, we hate each other, and then like yeah. suddenly I'm like, oh man, I gotta like her now, like what the hell? And then the last day of our filming, we literally fix everything. I end up at their wedding, and she was the only castmate from that. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> so wait, for the people who don't know, why did you guys hate each other? Yeah, what was tell was us competition or because now you love story. each other? So like, yeah. what was it, or maybe what was what was it being immature? Like you guys were in your yes. early 20s, right? Yes. So I thought I was <laughs> Very much There's A lot of drama behind the drama show. Yeah, like I don't know what the vibe was like on Pretty Little Liars. I would- Well, let I, me I tell feel, you. <laughs> I, I would have to imagine just from being on a show with a similar kind of dynamic, like a bunch of girls in the same mm-hmm. age group all kind of vying for the spotlight. Like it's a, mm-hmm. it was a very toxic environment on our set. I don't know what it was like mm-hmm. for you guys, but- um, we were super immature and there was a lot of shit being said, A, about each other, you know, mm-hmm. behind each other's backs, um, to each other's faces, to crew members, which would change the dynamic on mm-hmm. set. And then in the press, which totally influenced the way that we were viewing one another um, and treating one another on set. Mm-hmm. And I think there was always like the an whisper, odd- whisper culture. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. And there was always yeah. an odd, odd woman out. You know what I mean? Like- we would kind of like me and Anna Lynn at first were like super tight. And then like someone's feeling like they're getting the cold shoulder. And then like me and Anna Lynn fell out and then her and somebody else got tight. And I felt like I was like the, you know, the ostracized mm-hmm. one. And, and you know, it was just, it was a really toxic environment behind the scenes and we were fucking tired and we were young and, you know, making money and fame young. for the first oh. time. Egos, I mean, most egos, people for yeah. the first time. Were, were, the, were the powers that be behind all of you guys on these shows, were they sort of like, perpetuating that kind of stuff like they weren't helping so. they yeah. weren't helping helping they yeah, weren't i don't helping. think they were perpetuating it. it but they weren't yeah. weren't yeah. helping the situation at all and i think the crews probably they did call the paparazzi on us though yeah they always call mm-hmm. the paparazzi on us which and the, the crew definitely i in my personal experience i had cer- scenarios where i was treated differently by crew members mm-hmm. pending, you know, that week's headline in a tabloid. Mm-hmm. And that really affected my psyche because yeah. I, I did show up and do my job no matter mm-hmm. what, you know what I mean? And um, it, it affected me really deeply because I was so young. And I said this to Annalyn before, like I was 18 when the show started. Oh I, was, I was the youngest cast member. Everything that happened, you know, cert- most certainly and admittedly went to my head and mm-hmm. it, it, influenced so much yeah, I mean, little. overnight <laughs> it's true though overnight mm-hmm. you have access to literally anything and anything. and there's so many want. yes people right everyone's oh telling God. you how amazing oh, you are and you got yes. money all of a sudden it's the money too it's like so much money wow. you're shopping mm-hmm. at barney's famous mm-hmm. people that you have watched on tv and in movies for years know you all of mm-hmm. it like out of the blue you're, you're like right. you're shit. shopping like your shopping at Barney's did not age well, Shanae. Um, <laughs> Barney's is no more. I know. R.I.P. So I did love Barney's. I know. But, um, no, no but we, we do hash this out on our first episode of, yeah. of Unzipped. Yeah. And we go through, we literally, we never talked about it. We became mm. friends. We just let, like, life pass. And then yeah. when we decided to do the podcast, we were like, 
we should we probably address that. Yeah. <laughs> we should talk about why we didn't talk, and we didn't even know the details. Was it like that on Pretty Little Liars, or were we just it all actually was, No, I mean, look, I, we were, I mean, I was 25 when I joined the show, and I also, for me, I'd been on TV since I was 14. So I knew, right. I mean, I bought a house at 19, I mean, 17 in Australia. On home and away, right? On home and away. So I started on home and yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. And then I got a green, yeah. I went to Young and the Restless because I got a green card in the States. It was great. And so like, I'd had sort of a little bit of, I was on Hannah Montana, like sure, all those yeah. shows. And I'd been the lead and I'd been the come in girl and I'd been the ancillary character and I'd been the leads of movies. So I'd kind of seen it all. Mm-hmm. I have this thing about, and I don't know where it comes from, but like, I always think that it could be my last job. Um, so I'm always incredibly fucking grateful. Always been like that. I've yeah. always been like, to get to be paid to do this, I'm so fucking grateful. And yes, there are times where I'm really tired and it's 14, 15 hour day, you haven't been given your turnaround and I'm snappy or I'm on my period or whatever. But for the most part, I'm grateful. What I didn't like is, yes, I think on Pretty Little Liars, it w- wasn't a toxic environment, actually. People mm. were actually pretty... Um, they knew what their roles and they did their jobs. And that being mm-hmm. said, there were some girls where this was the biggest thing that they'd ever done. And I would stand back because I love to watch and I would <laughs> watch it. That, that didn't, that was like a weird comment. I like to watch. I like to watch. I like to sit back and watch in a cage. I mean, maybe in, with a few martinis, maybe I do. Anyway, that's another podcast another time. But I would like sit back and I'd watch and I'd be like, wow, like I'm really seeing what you guys were talking about, like yeah. these egos, right? Our it's yeah. and just sitting there and just seeing yeah. like all this attention, this money. And all I would say to myself is I just go, just go to wait because at some point yeah. you get to the top and you fall down. Not saying you won't go back up down. again, but yeah. everyone at the top will, will, will fall at some point. Even if you're yeah. the biggest yeah. person in the world who's getting $20 million a picture at some point. You mm-hmm. get old and you're not getting those roles or whatever. You always fall. Yeah. And you got to be careful yeah. when you're at the top because when you fall down, you'll see the people you weren't so nice to starting to come higher and higher yeah. and higher. So yes, was it a toxic envir- environment? No. But were there egos? Of course. And yeah. were there cliques? Absolutely. And of course. my character did 60 episodes, but I wasn't in every episode. So you kind of come in and you can watch things. Unfold. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you yeah. said about gratitude. Cause I think that that was the biggest thing for me personally, when the show ended, I was like, I'm never acting again. Like I had such a horrible experience behind yeah. the show. It fucked with my head so bad. Like it was trauma. It was trauma that I, mm-hmm. I really needed years to like overcome. But I, I, what I really realized and why I needed to step away was because I needed to get grateful again. I had had this rise where from the age of 13, I decided I wanted to act. And very swiftly, I booked Degrassi, which was like a big show in Canada. And then I left that show once I booked 90210 to go straight over there and do that. And I had this 10-year run of just having a really easy ride of it. Not to say that, you know, I didn't work long hours and, and put in the grind and all the rest of it, but mm-hmm. it was it was quick yeses. I never had those like periods of time of, really having to wait for that next job or anything like that. And I had totally let ego get in the way and I was not grateful anymore. And it didn't feel good. I, mm-hmm. I was a grown up now who was living a life that my 13 year old self manifested. And it wasn't mm-hmm. the one that 23 year old me necessarily wanted. And my 14 year old self manifested. <laughs> oh my God. Is, is that, that your diary? manifestation board? Or, oh, wow. Wait, y'all. So let's see. This- 
journal, um, November 10th, 2001. I'm, dear diary, I'm 14 years old. My name is Anna Lynn, and I'm going to tell you a little about myself. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to be a star. Yes. Oh my God. But like, but like actually y'all, so, no go. Um, November 19th. Oh, like this week, this week, 10 years. <laughs> oh like, my goodness. 20 ago. years. It's 20 years. That's crazy. Dearest mm-hmm. diary. Sorry. I haven't written in a week. Oh, and sorry for the ridiculous things I said. This definitely is a diary written on crazy emotional days. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. The main reason I'm writing is I was thinking about all the stupid fights and tantrums my family goes through over Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I decided, this is what I decided. Mind you, I just want to make the setting for you. Mm -hmm. I'm in a trailer, in a trailer park. (laughs) Okay. You know. We're doing um, all right because we got food and our trailer. Yeah. And the, but I've decided, hmm, I decided after I make a few movies, you know, naturally after right. you get out of the trailer park and, ma- <laughs> and you've made a few of those movies and get some cash in my banking account, I'm going to have a huge Thanksgiving <laughs> Christmas dinner at my house. I'll have a lengthy table. I go in and name everyone that I'm going to fly out with their uh. boyfriends and girlfriends. <laughs> And then I say, and after all that, I will stand up and declare the end of fussing over Thanksgiving and Christmas. Oh, um, oh, oh, hold on. I'm going to miss it. Um, and I'll invite other people. Crossed out actors. Crossed out. Oh, stars. my goodness. <laughs> no actors. Right. No, 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 not actors. Stars. Not people. Stars. Not people, not stars. 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 This is my 14-year-old oh. self. Not a question in her mind that this was what I was going to do. And it, it's so interesting. I was reading it, and I was just like, first of all, I think one of the things you said you had to get grateful again, Nay. Mm-hmm. I had to find the love. It's all through that journal. I write all the things I love about acting. I love acting. I love this, and I love that. I'm happy Yeah, you lose it, it don't you? Yeah. And I lost the love because yeah. there's so much mm. bureaucratic red tape bullshit yeah. pop politics and all this yeah. stuff going with it. And that little 14 year old, like she just loved action and cuts technically, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I, yeah. but I had lived my life in a trailer park as if it was, it wasn't a hope. It wasn't a dream. It wasn't a wish. It was when I've done a few movies. Yes. Like, when you're leaving like it has happened and that's the yeah. pure yeah. manifestation. Yes. So exactly. I'm, I'm honoring that young, beautiful little heart that knew, and I'm, I'm putting that same mechanism to work consciously mm-hmm. now for things like one of the things I really really care about is that I don't have my own kids because I got like plans for the kids of the world like I really want children to have tools that can allow them the state of mind to be able to manifest their dreams but mm-hmm. but that looks like going to school and not being stressed the fuck out in a mm-hmm. factory setting mm-hmm. oh I'm sorry a schoolroom setting um <laughs> this the, the educational system it has for us hundred years has not changed Mm -hmm. and we are in a world that needs innovation right now more than we've ever needed it because we are destroying our planet Mm -hmm. at an exponential rate 
And we don't need to dial back on carbon footprints. We need new ideas that are going to utilize mm -hmm. what, the damage we've already done and by osmosis transform it. And our children are going to be the brains that do it because we mm, need definitely. their imagination mm -hmm. and their belief in it that it can happen, that it is happening, that it's a life they're already living out. So like this for me now is like, I'm like eating up these pages of this book mm -hmm. with this little me that used to be. And it's uh. like, it was, I just, she knew she mm -hmm. didn't question. I questioned everything throughout the rest of my life after mm -hmm. being her. And I'm like, why did I lose mm -hmm. that? Like she, she knew she didn't know what, and I had so many naysayers. Everybody was like, um, yeah, that's an impossible career. What's your plan B? And literally I, my mom was There's like, no like, Mm -hmm. yeah. My plan B is that mm -hmm. plan A never fails. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. who is this arrogant little thing? And I love that. I honor it now, but it was like, the, this is, this is, if we give this to children, if we provide this mm -hmm. support and this mm -hmm. space to, to cultivate not a dream, not a hope, not a wish, a, mm -hmm. this is what I'm doing. Is right, anybody yeah, right. on board with me? Let's right, go. Right. Yeah. You know, so. So yeah, anyway, I was like, I love that you guys started this all out talking about manifesting because I was like, oh. I literally, my sister just found this journal of mine. That's so cool. No, you know what? That's such a valid point here. I think to your point, you know, it's important uh, we as parents is like, we instill that in our kids, right? So we talk mm -hmm. about the gratitude and we keep an open dialogue about, you know, you need to set your intentions now, mm -hmm. even if, you know, set, you know, our daughters are you know, seven and eight, even at young ages being like, okay, it's not if, but it's when it happens, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, you need to already live your life in that vein and have your gratitude, make mood boards, like stick yeah. your photos on, you know, yeah. what you yeah. want. Like yeah. that's so important for us as parents to teach our mm -hmm. kids right now. Yeah. As we get older though, I feel like we were speaking to Tim story. Who's Oprah Winfrey's life coach. We had him on two, two weeks ago and he said that the biggest problem we have is that we are not going back to the dreams we had as children. Yeah. And I, I believe like what you were saying, Annalyn, like I've, I lost and I still have lost a little bit of, I love acting so much. It's who I am. It's what I breathe. Um, and yet so much has gotten in the way through years of, like you said, like, trauma being rejected comparison mm -hmm. that like I've lost like the essence of who I am as an actress because yeah. also living in Los Angeles it's like anyone can fucking say they're an actress right anyone yeah. can say yeah. an actress has never been an actor anyone can win a pageant and say they're going to go to Los Angeles yeah. so it's almost like you can't be a doctor without being like actually being a doctor mm -hmm. but yeah but we do you can so it's like how do you like that's what I'm trying to discover now. I, I believe that I started working again this year. I hadn't worked in two years. I had my second baby. And I believe it's because I started to be believe that I could, right? I went back to that childhood dream of like, yes. I, I am, I will, like I'm good enough. Like I, my husband and I have a production company. We created an entire series that I wrote and directed. And then like, we're just sitting on it. It's like, what am I doing? What am I afraid of? Like, why am I afraid yeah. for people to see it? Right. Yeah. And so next year it's going to be about falling in love again yes. with Act. It sounds so trite. The I know. I just got to fall in love again. Like I love my husband. I love my children. I love my friends. I need to fall in love with acting again without the like, you know, when I audition, it's like, I'm ready to go, baby. I'm like in that ring. And then it's like, 
fuck. I was like, no, that wasn't a good take. Like, oh my God, yeah. like my nose looks too big. And oh my God, do I look too old? And like, oh my God, I look fat in that shirt. Or oh my God, like that wasn't a good audition. I'm not going to get it. So of course, you're not even putting the energy to even get the job. Like how are you supposed yeah. to get, if you don't believe it, how the fuck is other people supposed to believe it? So I have right. to fall in love with it again. And so like, that is my mission like next year, like to fall I, in love. I did this acting workshop with this coach named Lee something or other. Google yeah. it. I, cool. I, I, think, I think she does it right next to my old house. She was in North Hollywood? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's where I used to live too. I, I lived in North Hollywood. We were like so close to each other like all the time. <laughs> we're like missing each other. <laughs> like, did, we, did we have the same life? Did we um, <laughs> Lee, Lee did this workshop and one of the things that she said in that workshop that resonated with me the most, because it was really, it wasn't even like an acting workshop. It was mm. a mental processing of auditioning really mm-hmm. um, workshop. And what she said that really hit home with me is she was like, you're all a grown up right? You're all sitting here. You're in your twenties, your thirties, your forties. You got (laughs) bills to pay. You got kids you're taking care of. You've got responsibilities. You need that fucking job. And what you're putting out into the universe is desperation instead of wonderment. She was like, you need to go in there. Like why, when you were younger and you first got into this, it wasn't because you had bills to pay most likely, right? I I started at 13. You started your first show when you were 14 years old. It wasn't because we had obligations like that. It was because we loved playing pretend. We loved getting into these characters. We loved reading these scripts and doing all this stuff. She was like, Mm -hmm. play, be playful. Mm -hmm. By the time you get to the audition, fuck it. You are who you are. You look like what you look like. You know the lines as good as you know them at this point. You're not going to know them any better. It doesn't matter who's in the waiting room. You are who you are. You're not Mm -hmm. them. So you obsess over all these things because you're like desperate to get the next job. Like, fuck it. Forget about Mm -hmm. the outcome. And that's something Mm -hmm. that Carolina Annalyn's Reiki person, very woo-woo, but I I (laughs) drank the Kool-Aid and I I, I went and did a session with her and she was like, you know, make decisions. Do without worrying about the outcome. The outcome is none of your business. Mm-hmm. And I was like, shit, I, mm-hmm. I give myself so much stress and anxiety and worry about the outcome because I, I'm like you, Tamman, I literally think every time I earn a dollar, it's the last dollar I'm ever going to earn. Right. And like, how the <laughs> fuck am I going to feed my family? And, and that sense of wonderment is something that we lose at mm-hmm. some point along the way. And that season, that pilot season, just mm-hmm. that one thing that Lee said it changed my whole experience. I had so much fun doing it again. And I did it. I ended up booking a series, which was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but whether I did or I didn't, I was having so much fun going to every audition because I was like, how fucking cool is this? I get to like go and play pretend mm-hmm. and be a completely different character like multiple times a week, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, how, that's how I got my love back. I, so I had lost it and I lost my house. I, lo- like I, I, I went through a whole period where it was such a dry spell and I, had, I, I don't regret the decisions I made. I donated mm-hmm. a lot of money to children that I would donate it all over again. But then that's the dreaded call from your business manager. He's like, so... Stop um, giving away money. You need yeah, something. Uh, you've oh, overdrawn. That, that, call, that call came every three, like every three weeks. So it was like, why are you, I see you taking cash out. Are you sneaking by my back and doing cash donations now? Like what's wrong with you? Do you have a drug um, problem? Yeah. She's like, no, I'm just giving money to people that need it. I swear it's not okay. Like, yeah, I, I just don't know what to say, how to say no. But I went through a dry cell as we all do. And my overhead couldn't live up. And he said, we need to talk about selling your house. And I said, my home, like I was uprooted as a child from like, I, by the time I was 
I left home when I, two months after I turned 15 due to reasons that were quite extenuating and I had to get the hell out of Dodge. And from zero to 15, we moved 20 times. My family moved 20 times. I was constantly uprooted. I never had a place where I was really settled. This was the first place in my whole life that I had lived for more than six years. And like adulthood, childhood, everything combined. I, I had had this home for seven years and it was the longest standing stability security that mm-hmm. I had. And it was my dream. I was another one of the things I'd written down. A home by the beach in California was one of my dreams that I'd made happen. And now it was going to go away. And I, I, I was in that desperation kind of zone that mine was more to find something to hold on to because the only thing I ever cared about from the time I was nine years old was acting. And I wasn't happy. I was so miserable. And I got an audition in I mean, I like, I went fucking cuckoo. Like people around me were just like, people who didn't know me back in the day, <laughs> writing journals like that were like, whoa, what happened to this woman? But I got an audition for the character in the Batgirl, um, mm. whatever, who like is the, um, like the female Joker is how yes. I mm-hmm. I did that. That was one of the ones that I did that I had so much fun doing. And like, I think I did okay, that audition too. Like, Okay, good one. Well, I literally like went. I I just became something else. I every day, all day long, I was this character. All day long, I I did this crazy like 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 I was walking outside with this weird like white makeup all over my face and like this strange like like made these strange like quaff like Hunger Games hair. I went like like off the fucking reservation mm. y'all like the guy i was seeing for like two months was like wow you're really dedicated to your work. yeah you're really getting into character okay Very daniel day lewis i was making these like bird like like listening to birds and making these like bird chirpy weird like ticks and all kinds of shit i go like i screen test i do the whole thing i end up building a great relationship with david nutter as a result oh yeah and I then love just him. radio silence Nothing. Oh, there's a hummingbird right outside my window. Um, sorry. Carolina. <laughs> that um, Carolina. <laughs> Having for a reason. In the, the the radio silence happened. I knew the role was gone, but I had gotten my love back. I yeah. love. I remembered why I wanted to do this because it was so much fun, as you said, Nay, to play pretend. Yeah. Children do it, and they have so much fun, and they're so in it, they're so dedicated. And then we start judging ourselves as adults mm-hmm. that this is silly, that this is that, that you know. And then we're doubling down on the silliness by taking ourselves very seriously, mm-hmm. or like making the decisions that are, are crucial for the role of the character. Mm-hmm. It's like shut the fuck up. Put on a stupid fucking ugly ass t-shirt. Don't fucking brush your hair and do the lines right. Do yeah, the fucking yeah. lines with all the heart yeah. and soul that you have in your in, inside you, this little being mm-hmm. that you are. And that's what I don't, I used, I had started like everything was just like how I looked, how the thing, all the stuff, like becoming the character for me, I was told very early in my career, um, honey, you look like a bitch. So I've always been trying to mm. not, like not look such sharp angles and like try, try to, you know, play a character or something because those are the roles that kind of fed my soul. Mm-hmm. And it was like, fuck this. I'm going to own the shit out of this. I look like a villain. Mm-hmm. I'm about to villain the fuck out of you. And it was, it came back. And I, I mean, and it's, it is like now I literally, I just like, if I feel like wearing makeup, I wear makeup. If I feel like just making mm. my hair fucking crazy, I don't, I don't play into the role at all mm. because I know the two seconds they're going to watch that tape and be like, mm, not her or, mm. or like, 
Let's mm-hmm. see another reel. And I'm like, I, I actually make them ask for more takes now. Like when, you know, they send you seven scenes. I'm like, how, I, I got know. my arrogance 22, back. I'm 22 like, pages. The other day I was like, I'll send in two my talent <laughs> for free. Fuck you. <laughs> you know, but it's so interesting too, because I feel like the whole business has changed in a oh, lot of definitely. ways when we mm-hmm. all started out, right? Because it was like, even for yeah. me as like an entertainment TV host, it's like used to, it'd be like, you do the audition, you know, you're going up against whoever you're going up against, but we didn't have that social media sort of yes. comparison game mm-hmm. going on, yes. right? Because now it's like, you can look and see what people who maybe be going up, you know, for the same right. roles or same jobs as you mm-hmm. see what they're doing. And it's really hard not to go down that slope of comparison. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's so hard, but you are expected now because that's part of the job. The social media thing is to sort of manage that and have that be such an integral part of what we do. And a lot of times it's the deciding factor of who gets the job, right? Well, I, I feel like, you know, people who book jobs, it's like, you've either got the most most followers or like mm. you're too cool for social media. It's not somewhere in the middle. Winners. <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest but, issue though with the acting, I think a creative business, the creative jobs in general, and this is what, um, who is it? Who wrote uh, Big Magic? What's her name? Mm. She wrote the book Big Magic. She also wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Oh, um, yes. oh, Lynn and Doyle's good friend. Um, guys, oh, short yeah, Epre Love. I, I don't read Elizabeth, it. Elizabeth, <laughs> Elizabeth, Elizabeth something. Who wrote Big Magic and Epre Elizabeth, Love? Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Gilbert. Gilbert, Gilbert. She wrote yeah. Big Gilbert, Magic. Yeah. And if you have not listened to it, then you absolutely must run and listen to the audiobook because I used to hike and listen to the audiobook. Um, but she said the biggest issue with creative jobs is that we, we want to make money from it. And that that is why your creativity is limited because mm-hmm. when it is putting food on the table, you cannot mm-hmm. be free. You can't because it means so much to you that you mm-hmm. will literally strangle it because you don't know how to feed your family or to you know to uh, buy a house or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So she'd always said like even when you're successful in creative like in a creative job have something on the side. And for me, and I think for some of us too here, it's social media. Like, thank God that that has been able to put food on the table for our family. My husband's a director, right? So he'll get like big chunks. So like you'll do a movie and it'll be great. And then like you have to direct and write and that takes years. And so it's like finding something else that even though social media, yes, is still kind of in that creative world, but trying to find something else that can also feed you so that the creativity is you're able to flow it out. Cause we're lucky, right? We're lucky that we have been in, in these jobs and we've been able to be on big TV shows. So that does like work begets work. But what about the people who want to be creative and like not have to worry about it, paying their gas bill. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that that is why creativity is, is strangled. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with that. And I had this conversation with my husband the other day, even with the content creation, cause I'm not really acting anymore. I haven't auditioned in a few content years. It's hardcore. Art. It is. And it's People a machine, right? Yeah, like yeah. it's, there's so much, this podcast that we're doing, like that was a huge learning curve for me. I was like, fuck, that takes up a lot more a lot time. time. It's yes. way more intensive than I 
ever fathomed it would be. Mm -hmm. And we do YouTube and then obviously Instagram and everything. And everything is, like you said, it's, it's a numbers game. It's a machine. It's putting food on the table. And what I find liberating about content creation is the more I put in, the more I get out. Whereas with yeah, acting, even if it's not about can, numbers, you still no. get, like you'll get deals, even if you're not, your numbers aren't even that high that week because you're, you're putting it out there. Yes. You're producing, yes. you're producing, you're mm -hmm. producing, you get more in return. Whereas with acting, it's like you could fucking audition your ass off and whatever and like not book anything. For yeah. Like it really just, to me, it's far more luck of the draw. It's not that mm -hmm. same mm -hmm. exchange. So I do like that. But I said to him the other day, I was like, between looking after the kids full time and then focusing on keeping all of the wheels moving between mm -hmm. all of these platforms and all of the content, like I'm not getting creative at all anymore mm -hmm. about what mm -hmm. I'm doing. I'm just making sure that this is edited and that submitted and this did it and that deadline's met. And it's like, I'm, I'm losing what I loved about it so much, which is ultimately storytelling and getting to, you know, have my own narrative and, and be myself and really allow my creativity to shine through that vehicle as opposed to, mm -hmm. um, you know, acting and, and pretending to be other people. But um, maybe there's too many platforms and that's something yeah. to look oh, like, look at. Sometimes you have to look yeah. at, like, I had a clothing line once and I had a blog and whatever, and I shut things down and I sold things because I'm like, okay, yeah. the output is not giving me the input and ultimately how many years I'm going to have to do it to get that input. So you look at the things that are giving you back financially, yes. creativity, yeah. put them in order. And then you're like, you know, I'm looking at TikTok. I think TikTok has a massive room for growth. So I'm like, okay, do I start moving focus over there? So you kind of like yeah. you take away some of the things that aren't giving you as much of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just always like, I think 2020 really shone a light on like needing to diversify income. And that was the part that always stressed me out about acting was it was like, if I don't book another job, this is it. And I always would be like, should I go back to school? Like, what should I do? What the fuck am I capable of? Like, can I hand in my acting resume at Urban Outfitters? Like, will yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think it works that way, you know? So I've, I've put such a heavy focus on diversifying income so that I don't have that anxiety in that way mm -hmm. of like, holy shit, like this is, you know, it's slow over here on this thing and it's slow over there on that thing. Cause ultimately with all these social media platforms and I think what, what influencers or creators learned in 2020 is we don't own shit, man. Mm -hmm. If the algorithm wants to shut you down or if brands decide that they're going in a different direction with their, their marketing budgets that year. Am I being funny? He's so cute. Um, so cute. Then it's game over. So I'm like, you know, I definitely have way too many um, things on my plate trying to keep them all spinning. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's just not possible ultimately mm -hmm. long-term anyway. Mm -hmm. So you're right. You have to like prioritize and and figure out where to put your attention so that nothing another another good audio book if you're if you're not listening to one of our podcasts um, <laughs> guys um shameless the promotion thing, the one thing is an audio book that every human being on planet earth should listen to and it was written by gary keller who keller williams um mm -hmm. did a little bit in real estate and didn't do too shabby about it mm -hmm. um the point is Balance is, balance when you are wanting to do great things is a bad idea. Mm. Screw balance. He talks about counterbalance. He talks about the, and, and I love, you know, I love that you were willing to share your experience with Dr. Amen, uh, Tammy, because I, I got my brain scanned with him too. And like, that was, 
really crazy to kind of see your brain on a scan and mm-hmm. see like TBIs and all these things and do the, the, the ADD, ADHD test and like see how your focus is. And one of the things about this book is that we live in a society where we think it's okay. No, no, we don't think it's okay. We think it's imperative to multitask and mm. you accomplish zero Nothing. because mm-hmm. the brain is not wired to multitask. It mm-hmm. only can alternate between tasks. And what he said, on average, it takes you 30 minutes to return to a deep level of focus when you've been interrupted. So someone knocking on your door and I I just got a quick question. 30 minutes of your deep focus is now gone and you have to go back in. And then someone's like, hey, I just want to see if you're going to do the lunch thing that we talked about. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that that it worked out for you to disturb (laughs) my focus to get your question answered. (laughs) Um, So lock the door and turn off your phone is the point. But he, he talks about counterbalance and he says, you can only do one thing great. You can do a lot of good things, but you can only do one thing great. And, and in order to do things greatly, you need to do one thing at a time. So four hours, chunk it out, just focus on editing. Obviously, when you're having a nurse, you're going to get interrupted mm-hmm. <laughs> when baby's hungry. But, but when you're at a point where you can manage and take blocks of time mm-hmm. and four hours with your family of concentrated time with them and four hours of dedicated social media time or four hours of, uh, or, or 40 minutes or four minutes of dedicated you time in a bathtub where you stare at a wall and think nothing and mm-hmm. do nothing for mm-hmm. five seconds. There, those, uh, those are the habits that lead to great things being produced mm. and and it's interesting because my sisters I have two sisters and they were always like you know they had a garden they had friends they had boyfriends they had th- all the things and like everyone was, I was like the weird kid in the corner who was like twitching but quoting Shakespeare and like I I, I only had one thing mm-hmm. I never had anything else it was only acting and it was always acting and it was acting tunnel vision the whole time and and, and throughout my life, it's been like this. I go down a rabbit hole about something, and, you know, it could be about gerbils. It could be about anything. Yeah. Um, People are not going to get the gerbil thing unless they, they listen to your to podcast. Them. They have to listen yeah. to your podcast to, to understand about gerbils. Then it's just um, some random sex thing that we bring up randomly. Yeah, we randomly bring up, you know, random gerbils and talk about sex. And, and no, and we don't use gerbils. We all, right. as far as I know, I really don't know. In the creating of our lives. Spoiler, yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, Richard I mean, there's always involved. time. <laughs> still young. Okay. <sighs> Google hits on Google search. Yeah. No, but I think that is such an excellent point because I think, too, we as women and also as moms, like we are, if we're not doing 10 things at mm-hmm. one time, w- then we're shamed almost. It's like, oh, well, you should be like, like, you know, mm-hmm. Shanae, like you should be breastfeeding your baby, recording a podcast, doing an email, like answering mm-hmm. a phone call. I remember those first days, like after I brought the baby home and I was literally doing that, trying yeah. to get a bowl of cereal, you know, on the phone, doing that. And I think it is so, such a valuable lesson that you're bringing mm-hmm. up because you really should carve out specific time and just focus without guilt, you know, without, without shame. Guilt. Right? Yeah. Without yeah. guilt. My like, second baby, fun. I didn't leave the bed for like 48 days. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. You were, you were pretty good about the bed. I didn't leave the house. The I didn't leave yeah. the bed. Oh, my I God. Mean, I yeah, the, the first one, I got so, so much, I got so much postpartum with the first because it was like I was – 
oh my God, get back into exercise and do all the interviews and get back on set. And I hated my body. And then I read, you know, that book that says like the first 48 days and in Eastern Mm -hmm. cultures where literally the mother sits in bed and she's fed. Now I understand that she's fed and she's looked after and she's massaged and I get it. Like life gets in the way you have other kids. Right. Mm. But that's why I I want to hear more about the 48 days. Yeah. That's why I think preparation. Can I start them now? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I think, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's called something else. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the 48 days where you're literally, so I didn't really leave my, so this is really about preparation, right? If you can, and I understand that not everyone's in the same boat, but if you mm-hmm. can prepare. So what I did is I saved the amount, um, like the, what we saved for certain things. I was like, I'm going to save for um, a postpartum uh, chef, right? She wasn't in now house, but she would send food specifically designed for my milk production and for my mental health. She would send food every day. We did get a night nurse a second time because I had so much Mm -hmm. postpartum with the first. And it wasn't that I wasn't sleeping in increments. I was. I was sleeping, but then I was anxious that the baby was not going to was was gonna suffocate in in, yeah. in sleep that I would just yeah. I'd sleep and then the baby would sleep and I just watch the baby so I was yeah. like I'm gonna pay someone to watch the baby mm. so that I can <laughs> sleep so the night nurse would come and she'd like give the baby to me I'd breastfeed and the baby would go back to sleep and I'd get like three increments three hours of of sleep like broken up uh-huh. and I honestly had a week of depression and anxiety and I didn't get it like I did the first because I had a community, like I had people to help me. And we don't, mm-hmm. in, again, in Eastern cultures, it's like people drop, like I have food trains, like they meal trains, they drop food yeah. off. People, yeah. aunts and uncles take the other kids. You know, the husband gets fed if the husband can't cook or whatever it is. We have these communities that mm-hmm. we now do not have. And I didn't really care that I didn't really have a community. I'm like, well, I'm kind of a loner. And yes, I love to be at parties, but I love to go home even more. But like, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't think about the community until I had children. I was like, oh my fuck, oh my fuck. Like I have not, I've paid for every single person to ever take care of my kid if I'm at work because I don't have the aunt, mm-hmm. the uncle, the cousin, right. the friend, Same. not even my friends. My friends wouldn't even take my, my baby. Like no. I want to be oh, in a community, I want to be in a community where like someone would like take my kid for an hour yeah. so I could go get my nails done so I didn't feel so depressed. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Especially in LA, like we don't have those kind of no. relationships mm-hmm. with people. No, no, I've been, been in the about, same boat. Talking about Eastern mm-hmm. culture, though, the the girls that I so the charity that I work with, I, I for a decade and a half almost, I fought human trafficking, and I worked mm-hmm. with an organization in Cambodia, and the founder, Somali, is hysterical. So she she's rescued over seven thousand girls, like, but in the community, as you're explaining, like, the, everyone just takes the baby, like, so she's mm-hmm. on a plane from Dallas to LA while she's doing events here in the U.S. to raise funds. And there were twins on the, and the parents were just exhausted and the babies yeah. wouldn't stop crying and people were being assholes on the plane. And Somali gets up and she's like, give me the baby. Yes, give me the baby. <laughs> yeah, one yeah. would fall asleep and the other would start crying. One would fall asleep and the other would start crying. There's, they're like, oh, this weird lady. And uh, you know, it's like American mentality or Western mentality. Like, are you going to take my baby? Like, <laughs> yeah, you're going to steal my baby. It's like, no one, you can You're like, no, you can't you're leave. They're on a plane. You're on a plane. <laughs> so she takes the baby. She puts it right in her heart. And she just like crazy, like, you know, the pasana meditation. And like, she's like such a little Zen Buddha. Um, and the baby just goes into sleep and like everyone quietly claps on the plane <laughs> and the parents are just like crying. They're so grateful. And this whole thing. And I'm like, she's telling me this story and you have to understand like, this is, I'm like, 
Molly, you can't take people's babies. Like, you know, full well, you can't just take people's babies. No, no, no. She's like, it's everyone takes the baby. If you have a baby in the restaurant, you take the baby. And and she was basically explaining that if she, with her children and and with the girls in, in Cambodia, like, at one point, if you have a small baby, like, mm-hmm. like King's age, everyone in the whole restaurant will hold and bounce and dance with the baby during the time that you're having dinner. And that's just yeah. what she always was used to. And she was mm-hmm. like, I don't understand why you're freaking out. Of course, I was going to take the baby. It needed yeah, to go to sleep. Yeah. Parents were tired. Their yeah. energy was low. So I had a higher vibration. I was like, oh, my God, you're amazing. But like, also, don't take people babies. <laughs> <laughs> also, you could go to jail. Okay. So. <laughs> now if you're on a plane and there's like a crying baby, you get like death rays from other people, you know, and it's like you're trying to sit there and like yeah. take care of your little one. hard and... enough. Yeah. yeah. Like, and you're just sweating. I mean, I think it's making trust. The whole time. I think there's like trust issues. I'm yeah. always really loud. I'll be like, oh, sweet baby. You, oh, you guys. Oh, so sweet. It's okay. And so that everyone around just shuts the fuck up with their face. I know people get so angry about crying babies, but you think like you were a baby crying once. Like, what do you yeah. think? Like, you do you think that you just came into Where this fucking world? From? Like, what do you, what do you think happened? You were composed. And yeah, we were perfect. Yeah. yeah. Never mind flying with babies though, guys. I just flew with my three-year-old mm. talk about a shit show how was oh, it mean, goodness it's yeah because it's mm. just you know he like you babies got a baby flying are great yeah, yeah they're great like, you got a baby you got no problems i get so many people oh give me tips for flying with a baby i'm like just bring I'm like, just put him in the little basket yeah, thing and give him a boob or a bottle <laughs> yeah, it's really straightforward a three-year-old's a whole different story. A three-year-old. They call it the terrible story. twos and the fucking fours. So just bust. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, it's all about distractions too. At that point, you're just like, here is like a coloring book. Here's there's eight thousand snacks yeah. that you <laughs> won't <laughs> eat, and here's right. your favorite show that you suddenly can't stand. Right. And like, you're like, yeah. and the, and the time when plane. they, yeah, and they don't nap on the plane. No. no like, oh yeah. The whole time. Or they nap just before like, they literally fall asleep as you're walking <laughs> on. And then they pass out, and then they, like the plane takes off, and they're like, "I'm up." <laughs> the whole flight, and then as soon as the wheels touch the ground, they at the fall end, asleep. Face was like it, in yes. my husband's hand. I was like, eh, "Wonderful, thank you, thank you very much." I, I went to I once had an 18 hour flight from LA to Dubai, and I remember Phoenix. She was like five at the time, so it was great. She literally watched the same episode 19 <laughs> times like she just i felt so bad i was like we're not we, we give tv randomly but like i was like all bets are off i don't care if she eats 19 cookies and watches the same episode she came out like Whenever kind of cross-eyed she was like totally cross-eyed <laughs> and she was like farting as she got off the plane she like, gave her all the cookies and the sugar and they're like i didn't care i was like 19 fucking hours on that plane all bets are off. I'm yeah. sorry that I like probably her brain is like now still having issues from like short circuiting. But <laughs> we, we drove, we drove here from LA um, to Tennessee when we moved. Oh yeah. And we, we never give it. Bowie an, an iPad, but we did for the car ride, obviously um, yeah. for 26 hours of Choo Choo TV. And now like when I hear Twinkle Twinkle Little Star from Choo Choo TV come on, it's like PTSD. Like, yeah. like I like start switching. See? Yeah. I know. It is. It's so stressful. It's so stressful. The travel is a stress. I remember one time I was taking, she was probably, she wasn't even a year old yet. And I was flying back home to Dallas from LA 
And, um, you know, the fucking stroller wasn't like collapsing properly. Stroller. I was trying to get it on the, on the thing. And I had her in the fjord and I'm sweating and it's like, she's screaming, crying. And all of a sudden this voice, like the voice of God sort of comes from behind me. And he's like, may I help you with that? And I was like, of course. Oh my God. Yes. Like, who is this angel? Yeah. Angel sent to earth. And I was like, oh my God, who is this? So I'm going through the thing and I, you know, I'm putting my shoes back on on the other side and getting it all together. And I look up and it was Deion Sanders, the football player. He was like, anything I could do to help, I'll carry your stuff. I was like, what like yes, you could carry me. You can put me on your back and carry me. Deion the worst rap, but he's dramatic and he, I love you, Dion Sanders. Yes, yes. Dion is the man. I don't understand people because they go like they go. Oh, it's all about feminism, right? So like, if you want to make your own money, then you have to open your own door. And I'm like, but I would open a door for a, if a guy was struggling with a freaking stroller, I'd open the door for him. Like, what about just helping people out? Like, you know, if you can't lift, it's okay that men are actually physically stronger than women. And if you can't get that bag over your head just fucking help her like it's yeah. fine like it's but, not oh, honey you're moving to the south and yeah, yeah. Really about that. southern hospitality is very so real you guys yes. i just spent a week in toronto and canadians and i am one so i don't want to take this away from them entirely but canadians do get like the awesome reputation of just yeah. being the most polite sweetest yeah. people ever mm-hmm. and they're still city dwellers you know what i mean it's a whole different yeah. vibe the energy, we had an absolute shit show at the airport there, like zero compassion because everyone is like a little bit angry and like very much in a rush, even though we're all trying to make the same And a little flight, hungry. You know? right. yeah. <laughs> like, a little hungry. And then you get to the South and everyone is just like smiles on, happy mm-hmm. to help. It's just a whole different vibe, a whole different vibe. It's really, yeah. really um, wonderful. And you don't feel like an imposition for having children. Like in LA, right. oh, it's you go like, to a yeah. restaurant yeah. with a child in tow and they're like, what the Fuck are you doing Roxy, here? do you remember when we screamed? That person came in and said we were eating pizza, and they said, they said like your children are being too loud, and there was yes. our mom sitting there, and oh. we all got up like we were gonna beat that. We were just like, <laughs> excuse me, what did you say? <laughs> and not to be what? sexist, but it was a man that said it to us, and I was Ooh. he was talking to four moms like we all kids, went down, and we like, were like, no. oh, so you didn't shit like you like we just we we were we, we were went nasty. Off. I was like, <laughs> I didn't know where that came from, but I was like, oh man, don't you take away the mother from no. children. No, mm-hmm. mama bear. There's mama that bear. saying is a saying for a reason. Yes, it is. Oh. We were pissed. Well, I know you should probably go soon because you I have know, I'm like being some... mauled by the babies. Are coming in. Like the cubs are mauling me right now. I took a screenshot for you, but the babies all came in. You're just You're like, You're such a good person, though. If my kids came in, I'd be like, shut Shut up. Take the kids. Why are the kids in here? Shut up. And then like I'd be moving my thing him. and then I'd be texting going, what the fuck is happening? I'm on a podcast. Send. And then he wouldn't respond back. I'm like, where the fuck are you? I would not be like, hey, my kids are here. We're just taking a show. That's what I love about speaking, going back to why I know you and why I loved you already before we met was because of your reels. There's like a reels where it's like, 
honey, can you please just, and then it's like, Patricia! <laughs> I'm like, that is me on Zoom. I'm like, oh, guys! And I'm like, hit Wait, that there he is. There's the hot There he is. There he is. Yeah, he'll get oh. it later. He'll get the text. Yeah. He's been back here. I am a professional <laughs> woman with my children in the shots. But you know what? I'm like, this is feminism. Like, I've been saying, because I'm, I'm, I'm the founder of a startup right now, and we're like going out for investment, and I'm like literally breastfeeding during <laughs> like VC calls and I'm like you know what this is the company culture that I want to send like yeah. you can't you you shouldn't have to be less of a, a business person or taken less seriously as a professional because you're a mom too I'm like yeah. that we're fucking warriors dude yeah, we, yeah. we just need a US president who's nursing while doing a speech and then we're yes. good like <laughs> just like that's oh. it like <laughs> and just like yeah. you know at, yeah. in Australia like just even just maternity leave like I know. To have to leave paid your child, just leave. pay maternity leave. Like, it doesn't mm -hmm. make any sense yeah. to me. Yeah. I think we're the only, yeah. uh, other than Papua New Guinea, yeah. we're the only, like, country yeah. in the industrialized yeah. world that... You got stuff to say about that. ...does not have, um, <laughs> doesn't have paid yeah. maternity leave. Well, I went, I took, like, five weeks off <laughs> for maternity leave or whatever, but I was, you know, available on email still, but you know, was back after five weeks and people were like, oh my God, in my country, we get all of this. And I'm like, I've been self-employed my entire life. Yeah, I've never yeah. had an employer. Yeah. Like, I don't, if I don't work, like I don't make money. That's the way that yeah, life yeah, is. Yeah. You know? So um, I don't have that option of taking six weeks paid leave and, you know, whatever. And, and the thought of doing that myself and just being, you know, like, okay, goodbye paychecks for half the year. And hopefully you're yeah. there when I'm back, you know, like gives me such anxiety. So I had to keep going, but we, I feel like everybody should be entitled to that. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know? Well, it starts like what you're saying, like with us as business people, you know, like changing the tides. I think it was Rachel Zoe who started, she had like a nursery on, you know, on site at her office, you yes. know, for the moms and like, yes. because they, she knows like as one herself, you know, working mom, it's like, I think it sort of starts with people like us, you know, yeah. we need to yeah. change it. If our yeah. government's not going to do it, you know, we gotta do it. We gotta and I do won't it. even like, this is a whole nother topic for another time, but like out of pocket to go to a doctor here is 70 bucks. Um, I mean. for blood tests, it's 110. Mm -hmm. Um, this is out of pocket. This is not even mm -hmm. like if you have, if you have insurance, you can, so if you're, if you're not a resident here, you can get insurance for 150 Australian dollars a month. <laughs> That's what? like 70 cents on yeah. the U S dollar. So it's yeah. like, you know, for 90 bucks a month, you like are covered with like scans and blood tests and anything. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I'm not acting anymore. We're not, I'm not oh, sag, in yeah. sag anymore. Yeah. Um, so this was the first time like reality. Thousands. Like, Whoa. Yeah. And I'm Canadian. I'm like, and my husband's British. Oh my God, show them. What is it? Look at you, show them up close. Oh, a lipstick. Oh my God, so Fancy. Love wow. it. They're saying how beautiful. beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah, we're like Brit Brits and Canadians like living in the US, having to deal with healthcare as a family of four for the first time. And I'm like, oh You're my like, God. I know. Like, how do people- That's a Bentley payment per month. Yes. Yes, uh, it's yeah. mental. Yeah, mental. And then you're yeah. still not 100% covered. You know, you still no, have no. to pay costs. And no, like I just that. got an ambulance charge for like $3,000 because I had a heart thing that happened. And I was like, mm -hmm. um, I work my fucking ass off. What are you talking about? Like, and I pay like copay and all this right. stuff. And then now I have to pay. Well, the ambulance is a private company that we're almost mm -hmm. like, 
Like, uh, what? Like, how yeah. do people... Yeah. I don't even understand. You know how much it costs to have a baby here? Like, I just got the bills. C-section, like, isn't it like hundreds of thousands for C-section or something? Yes, yes. It, it was, was tens of thousands. Yeah. And for they, C-section? They, yes, and they yeah. bill you separately for the hospital stay. They bill you for the anesthesiologist separately. Like, everything is like uh-huh. just thousands on thousands on thousands. And you're like, oh my. So if people don't have insurance, like, how do they? Right. Screwed. Screwed. You'd be in debt for the rest of your life. Yeah, have a kid, let alone pay for the kids. I think I looked at my hospital bill after I had my daughter. I had a C-section and mm-hmm. I had to be, you know, you stay in the hospital for a yes. few days after. It was, I want to say it was upwards. Yeah, massive. I think mine was close to 100. Like, I thought mine was oh, mine close was, to, I think, over. Yeah, I, I thought mine was, was in the hundreds. That's why, yeah, because I had the C-section yeah. and the stay and the this and right. the that and right. high risk so and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there has so to be a crazy. way to have like there has to be a way for people to get to see a doctor like with their children. My husband lost one of his closest friends because he had pneumonia and wouldn't go to the doctor. Like that's not okay. No. Not in a first world no. country. No, it's no. not okay. There has to be like we we have to just care for people like in general. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a basic human right. We have to be able to go see the doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's crazy. And how many how many families have to make those decisions when their right. kid has a cough or something might be a little off and they're like, is it worth it? You know, like how bad is it? It's just like that, that shouldn't no, be. I was that. never, no. we were never, not medical professionals. That's the mm-hmm. point. The first doctor I ever saw, I was 12 or 13 years old. It was a dentist. And I, I like, I mean, I had chronic kidney infections as a kid and that's a whole nother story, but, mm-hmm. but I could have died at any point, but whereas I was having crazy fevers and like my whole body just like racked with this, you know, this bacteria and stuff and we didn't we you know we were on food stamps half the time so it's like we're we're like you have food you got water like mm-hmm. yeah the fever will kill the bacteria or it won't good luck yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah Wild um we gotta so do we're better. We're gonna change it. The, the we gotta do us, better. Two brunettes, two blondes, and a little tiny, t- little baby. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Let's hopefully we can all meet somewhere in the in in the world, probably more likely America, Tennessee. probably more like yeah. Tennessee. So <laughs> Tennessee. since two of us will be there, um, and we can continue this conversation. I'm thinking, yeah. do I have a third baby? Do I not? When I see your baby, I'm like, oh, I know. Oh, I know. Well, so, right. I'm in that mode right now. Hold the stick for you if you need to pee. So you know you've got that lately. <laughs> Guys, will you hold my pee stick? Um, if Roxy's not available, that's the new friendship bracelet. The new friendship bracelet. Yes, I feel like nothing grosses you out once you've had it. Like once you've been poked and prodded and seen oh, things and had things all over. Although pus, pimple pus grosses me out. I don't know why. Oh, pimple popper. I can do anything else, but pimple pus. I can't. Pimple pus. No, anything with the word pus in it. I'm thinking. Yeah. You, you keep saying it though. Oh <laughs> I really don't like pause. <laughs> yeah, have you heard about pause? Oh. Well, thank you guys oh so God. much. Yeah. We so much think you guys are awesome. Please listen to each other's podcasts so you can continue the conversation if you like what you heard. And Roxy Soxy, where can people find? Oh, where can people find you guys first? Yeah, we'll find you. Yep. 
Yeah, and then we need that for you yeah. guys. Too. We're at Unzipped Pod on Instagram, and then just our names at Sinead Grimes Beach and at the Annalyn McCord, which mm-hmm. I always like to emphasize because I think it's really fancy. And I have to always have a disclaimer <laughs> that someone had my name because I was like social media, and so I didn't know that the was super arrogant and ostentatious, but whatever. That's what <laughs> and where can we find you guys, our lovely listeners, if they want to find the Tamman, the Roxy, the Roxy Tamman-ness of it all? We are on Women on Top Official on Instagram. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And we have a clubhouse group too, Women on Top. And wow. our personal handles are at Red Carpet Roxy with a Y and at Tamman Sursock. And guys, my movie, by the way, Roxy, you better have watched it. Breaking for Wales just now yes. is on Apple. It's on Apple. I wrote it. My husband directed it. It's with Tom Felton, plays my brother from <laughs> Harry Potter. Um, so go watch it now. Yes. Yes. Get it out there, everyone. Breaking That's for it. Wales. Breaking for Breaking Wales. For Wales. And, and don't am- forget to oh. rate, subscribe, and comment on all the plod- podcast platforms for both of our shows so we can keep bringing you amazing episodes like this one. Get ready for our song, guys. Are you ready? I am Tam and Sursock. It's not really a song, but... (laughs) And by the way, there's like music that plays in... So like when you listen to the end, it makes sense. But anyway, (laughs) I am Tam and Sursock. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are... (gasps) Women. Women. On... On... Say it with us, ladies. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Ah.